The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. If you're working from home like me, you're probably noticing some of the spring cleaning tasks that we can get a jump on. I need to clean some baseboards, dust some blinds, and swap out the winter closet for the spring closet as the weather gets warmer. And when I get going on a cleaning binge, I turn to Lakewinds for cleaning supplies that are non-toxic but effective at sprucing up my spaces. Reusable cloths, laundry soap that stretches farther, great smelling cleansers for the bathroom and the kitchen that won't harm the environment or your family. And speaking of spring, it's time to sign up for your CSA shares. CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. A number of local farms have their CSA drop-offs at Lakewinds. You sign up for a share and pick up a box of locally grown greens and produce each week during your grocery run. Having a CSA keeps you eating healthy and seasonally, and it's so fun to see the fresh produce that you get in your box each week, and you can strategize what to make with it. Find all your healthy spring eating and spring cleaning solutions at Lakewinds Food Co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or by ordering online at lakewinds.com. Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are hanging with you on this gorgeous Saturday to talk about food and fun and all sorts of craziness on My Talk 1071. Um, I want to repeat who we interviewed earlier because we've had a couple of emails about oh, it. Oh, sorry. It's Let's Dish. Yes. You can find it at Let's Dish uh, Express.com is their website. And there you go. Yeah. Sorry. That was my, I know I, I realized I was like, I kind of got into it and I rolled and I didn't really do the good no announcery things of making sure that I said all the things. So thank you for letting us know that you guys. Um, all right. Guess what? It's time for top two in our two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right. Give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right, this is the time of the show, you guys, that we talk about two things that we are both kind of mildly obsessed with this week. Uh, do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I and I think like a lot of you where I'm I'm grocery shopping every week or every other week and I grab a small cart or a bucket and I put my mask on and I put my gloves on and I go into the store and I kind of panic shop. Through produce and meat. Oh. And then I get to the dairy and I always throw in cream, butter, and um, yogurt. Whether I need it or not, I just throw those things in. And usually some eggs. So I'm panic shopping and just throwing like the best produce that looks good in my cart. And the other day in my panic shopping, I usually buy Revel Greens, which are made in Minnesota um, greens. And I was at a store... I was at Fresh Time, actually, and they didn't have them. So I grabbed this other thing and I got home and I was like, huh, these are interesting. I like, look, and Superior Fresh is the name of them. Mm -hmm. And they are grown in Hickston, Wisconsin, which is where my friend Miles and Sue have a farm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that's that giant building that glows in the middle of the night. And we wonder (laughs) what it is. Sure enough. So it's, it's not weed. <laughs> no, it's a like hydroponic lettuce farm. Yeah. That is, they have salmon and the fish waste is feeding the plants and it's a closed system. 
So they are selling salmon and they're selling greens and they were really delicious greens. Oh, so it's local enough because regional is local. Yeah. So if you are out and about and what's it called? Superior, superior fresh. Okay. And they have them at Cobb. They have them at Lunds and Byerly's. I got the one that had kale, spinach and spring greens. And it was just really fresh tasting. It was really noticeably great. Okay. That's Very nice. Fresh. I've had a couple of those greens. I've picked up some arugulas and they just go so fast. They're like faster of the decomposition. And that makes me bummed. The arugulas are hard for I know. these and types I eat a of lot growing of arugulas, and I don't know why. But it just seems like they go away so fast. And those red lettuces, the sli- they get slimy first. Yeah. Um, By the way, you know you can regrow lettuces too with like the bottoms if you chop the bottoms. I just saw this yeah. on, I think, your Instagram. Nope, but I mean, I haven't done it yet, but there's like the lettuces, which is funny because that's how I love by planting lettuces and then, you know, the butterheads, and then I just keep chopping them all year. Of course, you can start them in water. Of course, they're, like, lettuce is basically made of water, Yep. you know, but so I'm doing that in bok choy. By the way, yeah, Jake and I made dumplings again, you know, the other night, and I was like, we need a green, man. We need a green. And I went and grabbed a bunch of baby bok choys. And I was like, I've never actually cooked baby bok choy. Like, I've eaten it at restaurants, but I've never done it. And it was ridiculous easy and so nice because it had, like, a good bitter bite to it. And sometimes my greens get a little boring because I'm all spinach, you know. Bok choy is my sad, like, I always love bok choy. Yeah. I buy it. I cook it. And I'm always like, hmm. What do you do with it? I baste. Oh. You know, like a roast. Do you bo- oh, I just I just pan seared it. Like literally. Okay. I maybe treated that's it how like I'm cooking it. I threw a ton of garlic, a ton of oil down, and then I threw and I did sesame oil and garlic, and I put that down, and then I put and then I you know I chopped the bottoms yep. and I laid those little leaves like kind of this way and horizontal on there, and then I let them sear and wilt, and then I flipped them all. I just went bah, and then I let them sear and wilt on that side, and then I hit them with soy sauce and lemon. And so it was a lemon, soy, garlic, and ginger. And ginger. And that, without doing too much. Because I've I've had like three times where I'm like, and I think there's the flavoring, but like that was the bitterness that I loved. And I think that if you're doing too much cooking of it, you're going to lose that. And then it becomes, yeah, meh. All right. So that was not even one of my things. But one of my (laughs) things is, uh, my first one is actually... Pity Party Hot Sauce. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my God. We found it together. <laughs> yes, we at, did. Uh, the Lindale, or no, it was at Minneapolis the, Craft Market. Right. At what? Wagner's Greenhouse. Wagner's. I, was, I couldn't come up with the name of it. Anyway, this Pity Party Sauce that I bought, which is the Miso Serrano, so it's a greenish brown looking sauce. Oh, my God, you guys. I had a happy hour thing yesterday on MSP Mag with Justin Sutherland, and we were doing hot sauces and shots. We were doing dips and snits. And... And I did this, I and I had the sushi that I was going to dip into this hot sauce. And I remembered how I haven't, I really haven't had it in a long time. It is so good. And because it has miso, which is a soybean paste and, you know, popular in Japanese cooking, it has such a good depth. Uh, like Justin was like freaking out. He's like, I need, I need it. I need it. You got to get it to me. So I just thought this is definitely a, a cool thing to have. So Pity Party is a local maker. A couple, it's just a couple out of their house, I think. And their miso serrano hot sauce. And I will put a thing up. I'll find their links and put them up. Yes. And it was delicious. Ellie really likes that hot sauce too. Cause I bought some for her and she was like, Oh mom, where did you get that? That yeah. was so great. Cool. Okay. So <laughs> you deleted one of mine. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> like, 
I didn't mean to. I know. I can't remember what it was, but you've written Red Wagon over it. So like, I didn't write Red Wagon. I didn't write Red Wagon. Yes, you did. Is this like the oh, reverse? This is one of those things I thought I was putting it somewhere else. Okay, this Dang is it, where I erased one of mine. A lot of times Stephanie puts things and then I start talking about them and she's like, wait, those were mine. Those but were I mine. think they're mine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just want to make a quick statement about my sadness about the taste section of okay. the Star Tribune that sure. celebrated its 50th year this year because of furloughs and what have you. They've rolled taste into their variety section on Thursdays. It's now one oh, section. That's what you were talking about. Yes. Okay. I had a moment of sadness. I'm happy people are still employed. I'm yes, happy they still had a lot of food coverage in this mixed variety taste section. Yes. But I, after 50 years of looking for my taste, because it's the only reason I literally subscribe to the Star Tribune, because digitally it's not the same experience, I had a moment. Yep. And there were some great recipes in there that I just want to call out. Uh, Meredith Deeds, who our fills lovely in on Meredith our show, yep. had an awesome coconut chicken curry recipe that we'll post uh, our friend Sharon Jackson had chocolate brownie quarantine cookies that she made with little kids where you roll them mm-hmm. and they just looked so good. And then our friend Beth Dooley had a whole like homage and a couple of recipes with chicken thighs, which are the cheapest. They're not this cheap I, anymore not because as cheap as everybody they used to eats be, them now. But they're cheaper yeah. than breasts well, and they're, they're delicious flavorful. meats are more flavorful. So she talks in there about how to cook them. And had a couple of great recipe ideas. So just woo, woo, taste, keep trucking. Yeah. And, and, and they are still employed. And, and there's a very big potential that it'll go back to when things, you I'm know. I'm hoping. When and it's in your Thursday back. variety section. Yeah. So if you're looking for taste, that's where it is. One quick thing before you give us your second. We've had a lot of questions about yeast again. Where do you get yeast? How do you find yeast? Stephanie and I talked about last weekend and she had the making yeast from Apple. But you guys, the golden fig right now has yeast. It's in St. Paul. If you want some yeast, head over there. I hate to tell you, but there, I've seen yeast in all of my grocery stores. So yeah, I don't know I, if it's just where you're looking, too, but, but like I find it. So I know Lori has the big bricks of it. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, definitely. And definitely go to Golden Fig because, wow, her... Shots of dinners are great. Um, they okay. have the Colossal Cafe chicken pot pies in her freezer section, oh, too. I and your favorite Hope Creamery butter, Stephanie. Love, love. Um, okay, so I guess I will talk about Red Wagon now instead of later. Um, but I will say that they are, I just, I don't know if you guys saw the post that I wrote up, but Guy Fieri is doing a special show. He's doing a takeout show. And he is doing, he has shot these, like, he basically had 12 alumni from his diners, drive-ins, and dives uh, send him their recipe and their foods to then so that he can then make their foods that they're using on takeout. So he's trying to highlight, you know, the restaurants that are still working hard to survive. And our, so is he cooking the takeout he's menus? He's cooking their takeout menu food. Cool. Yeah. With them watching. Like it's oh, a I Zoom. Like it's idea. like a Zoom. And he, it's like him and then the three chefs. And they're like all like, and they're watching Guy try to do their recipes. I feel like I need to publicly say that I've been too hard on him and he's a decent human. <laughs> a lot of people. You're not he alone. Has raised so much money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and maybe he's I was just jealous because he got so big so fast and I, those white hair tips drove me crazy. He's and crazy. When and he he's eats the food, I can't stand top. watching, looking at him eat it. But 
Good for you, Guy Fieri. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, that. Red Wagon is on. <laughs> so anyway, we're so, moving on. So can I have my top two yes, maybe for like can. a hot Sorry. second? Maybe I can talk about the thing that I want to talk about? Yes. Okay. Uh, so Red Wagon is on May 1st, and here's the thing that's wonderful about them, is that they realized that they can't, they're having a moment, right? So like takeout is great, but takeout does not fix everything. And they're having this moment to understand that they could do something by then getting um, an e-commerce site up. They figured out a way to send their pizzas across the country. Because if you're going to get exposure on dine-ins, drive-ins, and dives, normally it would be people coming here to see it and try it. But that can't happen. So what's wonderful is the the article I wrote really talks about the people who stepped up and basically in this time, within like a two-week period, made it possible for Peter and his crew by like loaning freezers and helping with branding and figuring out packaging and setting up an e-commerce site for basically nothing because he didn't have any cash to invest. And so they're setting up an e they made it so that by Friday, May 1st, he can launch a pizza site for national distribution. Who did that? I, I, I mean, like so many people, like the guys from Premier helped him set up, a, loaned him a blast freezer. The restaurant project, Lisa and those guys, they developed his her, his website for him. You know, Stephen Brown lent him a vacuum sealer. You know, there's oh, all kind of makes me feel like I want to cry. Yes, this is what Thank I'm you, saying. This is not about guy. Out. This yeah. is about our local people who are doing these amazing things to help each other out in this time. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, friends. So uh, we left the um, top two in hour two talking about Red Wagon Pizza. I had my public confession about Guy Fieri. But I want to make sure that we give Stephanie her due because I was interrupting. (laughs) No, no. To acknowledge the local restaurant folks that are doing such a great job because that was a really good story. Yeah. Okay. There. Um, on to your next question, which was, Stephanie, are you making focaccia? And I was, of course not, but it's on my list. You know how everybody's having their sourdough moments? Yeah, which I'm over. And we were, I feel like we had our bread baking. I think we peaked too early on this. We did. We we were like in January baking bread again. And then we like, we peaked. We peaked. And we're the food show. So yeah. it makes sense that we peaked and everyone is, that, that this is the one area where we can be forward in. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we can't be forward in some of the other things in life. Like we're not pop culture forward, really. Probably not music forward. Maybe not. I oh, I'm know. definitely not music forward. But yeah. food, food forward, yeah, we are. We got it. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I'm going to get into the focaccia world. And this is something that is a little bit easier to make than sourdough or easier to make than full on bread. Mm-hmm. It takes more time because you need to let it rise for 12 to 24 hours. So you have to do a little bit of planning ahead. Mm-hmm. But here's why I want to make focaccia. I like focaccia. It's great. It's fine. Made it before. Why I really want to make it right now, though, Stephanie, have you seen these focaccia bread art? No. Okay. So (laughs) if you look at focaccia bread art in the link, I started seeing these things on Instagram. And what it is, is they are beautiful focaccia. That is decorated with bits of vegetable ah. to make pictures. Ah. So when you cook them, <laughs> it looks like 
a garden scene or it I looks see. like using it as a canvas to be the bread is canvas. The ingredients make a picture. Yes. As a painting, if you will. So I started um, reading about this and then I started following this woman on Instagram who has a lot of this, who looks really incredible. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of struggling because amongst the COVID situation, I've had a total computer freeze and so I'm working off of my phone here. Okay. Um, okay. So the person you want to follow on Instagram is Blondie and Rye. And she has tons of just her whole feed is full of these beautiful focaccias that are like art. Okay. And she uses red pepper. She uses little bits of onion. They use like herb stems. And it's just fantastic. So then our friend Robin Aspel, she started making these. Um, She has a, we'll put a link up on um, our show page, but she made one and has a whole article about how you can do it. And then. Some of these are like, are they even bread? I don't even know. They're so beautiful. I feel conflicted about it. Why? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's sort of, it's it's that fetishizing thing where you turn something into something else that's not it at all. And I the ones that you originally put up had these little sweet things, but it's not even bread anymore. It's like this, like some of these are just too much for me. But uh, it, they're, it, it's interesting for sure. I just don't know how, also how that would taste with everything. this one. I mean, they're going to taste great. It's just like olives and herbs. Um, this one lady in particular, and I put, I put, I'm putting some recipes up here. Sure. Um, her, so Blondie and Rye, there's a million of them. You can just scroll through. They all look amazing. But then this other woman and her website is Sugar Geek Show. Yeah. She's making them, but she takes the time to like go through. She gives you the recipe and then she talks about which toppings are the best. Mm-hmm. So red onions to look like flowers, mini bell peppers, and you can slice them obviously vertically, or you can slice them so that they look like small flowers in and of themselves because of their little weird shape. Mm-hmm. Chives looking great for flower stems, parsley for leaves of things, olives for rocks, rosemary and thyme to make little small plants, uh, pepperoni that you can cut into shapes. Uh-huh. So she just has like these, look at this one. They're just beautiful. That one is, I think that is pretty. The ones on this other, this Blondie and Rye, are giving me like pain. <laughs> because it's, it looks like a giant, I mean, they're like, it's so intense that it's, it's. I, I can't imagine that the bread experience eating it is actually good. It's, it's one of those things that it makes me worried that that's pretty and okay. that's lovely where I would eat a shallot embedded in a. Sugar Greek show has yeah. like this little fanned out shallot that looks like a little. Um, Gorgeous. Looks like a little fly kind of yeah. set up. But this other one to me is too much. It's it's like and plus it's to me it's like these are so heavy. Like the it's like I worry about the bread. I worry about the structure of it all because that's like when you put too much stuff on pizza, you don't actually get a good bite out of it, you know? So but I love the idea of the shallots and the pretty things. Seventy March. This is the funniest. This is like the last <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I like her little the dough thing. Two segments, like you can't get a word in edgewise on your segment because I'm like talking about <laughs> my love for Guy Fieri. Yep. In this segment, you can't even like 
pretty focaccia bread because it might fall apart. I liked it. I said, the, can we, there be like, there's two extremes with it. There's one that's like it's really good. Hanson and March. We are so extreme. No, on opposite no the focaccia is extreme. <laughs> but it's like a microcosm for the show too. True. It's just making me laugh. Okay. Okay. So to wrap up, have you heard about focaccia brine? I don't know. So our friend, fat, salt, heat, and acid. Samin. Uh, Samin Rus, Rus, Rusnot, I think is how you say her last name. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Me trying to pronounce things is like listening to Julia try to pronounce things. So we're not going to do that. Who even cares? Um, but she like finishes her focaccia with this like salty water brine that I think almost is like when you make bagels. Yeah. So it has like a finish on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we posted that recipe too because Eater did a thing where they picked out the best recipes from her cookbook that they liked and this was one of their top recipes. So suffice it to say, I'm going to be doing some focaccia this Let's week. Let's see it. I want to see some gorgeous art from you now. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. You know, you can enjoy this gorgeous day if you're feeling guilty about it or any of the times when you're listening to Weekly Dish or you're thinking you should be. Remember, we have podcast ability, kids. That's right. You can go enjoy this gorgeous day. And then when it's raining later, apparently, yeah, you know, tonight or tomorrow. Listen to the podcast instead. That's how that works. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about something that's going on this coming week. And so I'm going to bring on our, our my friend Leah to the show. Leah, are you there? I am. Welcome. Leah is with Open Arms Minnesota, and we are so excited to be talking to her today because we're doing something pretty cool. And, you know, this week, I'm so proud of the way that you guys have pivoted to understanding that, like, to still representing your company or your organization, but doing it in a different way. Why don't you talk a little bit about what we're doing? Sure. We're excited, too. Thanks for having me, ladies. Mm -hmm. Um, we are doing a virtual event where we're an organization who delivers um, meals to people who are sick. And we've typically had big galas like a lot of other nonprofits. And right now, obviously, that's not possible. So we're doing a super fun cooking event on Thursday that you're part of. And um, we're going to be cooking from our kitchen. Um, we are so lucky to have uh, Yia Vang cooking from our kitchen and Stephanie hosting. And we are just trying to really... We're calling it Hungry to Connect because we all want to connect and we're really trying to provide a fun event, but also bring awareness to a lot of the people who need help right now. This is so great. And I love the idea that, you know, in Open Arms, I feel like there's a lot of uh, organizations, you know, organizations that are getting, you know, uh, press right now as far as feeding the front lines and mm -hmm. doing all this stuff. But I had a friend who said, look, I have some, you know, extra dollars that were granted to me and I want to give them to someone. Where should I go that's also doing help? And I thought about open arms because you guys do good every day of, you know, the year and you're helping elderly people and people who are, you know, immune compromised to stay home. And so this is one of those ripple effects that people can kind of donate to you guys and do still do good, even if it's not exactly a frontline worker thing. Thank you. Thanks for suggesting that um, to one of your friends. We appreciate that. We are. We deliver. We prepare all the meals. We're delivering to um, people who have life-threatening illnesses every day. And um, those are the very people that we're all trying to uh, protect, right, with staying at home. So right. they're people who are getting cancer treatments and have compromised immune systems, and they absolutely cannot get out right now. And so we've got about 1,200 clients 
um, right now uh, per week. And we're seeing a 25% increase because so many people need to stay home. And that's what we're trying to do is get people healthy meals delivered to their house, stay at home, be safe. I love this. So on Thursday at 6 p.m., you guys can can tune into the Facebook Live on Open Arms. And it's Yia Vang, who who has been on the show before. But of course, recently, we know him best as the Bon Appetit cover (laughs) Cover boy. He's a cover man because wow, the spread they did on him. I mean, that was like when did you get the magazine in oh, the mail? Yeah. And I was like, Tiger Bite. And so I just feel I feel so proud. Yeah, like weirdly. I was like showing Kurt. I was like, remember the guy that made the Kamayan feast that we had at our friend Julie's yeah, house? He's done. on the cover of Bon Appetit. We're like never gonna get to know him again. But we can because he is local, of course, and he's gonna be cooking. Can I tell them, Leah, what he's cooking? Absolutely. Yeah, we want them to know. He's doing fried instant ramen noodles. He's going to take instant ramen and fry it up and do it a whole different special kind of way. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Isn't that fun? So it's like something you can learn that you go, you can do at home because obviously we're not out there butchering a whole hog or, you know, whatever and learning that kind of stuff. But his recipes are so fresh and so exciting that this is this is an easy way to kind of get into uh, cooking out of your rut that you might be in, I think. So... So that's exciting. And then we'll have some people on and we'll talk a little bit more about what Open Arms is doing. Right, Leah? Yeah, yeah. And the ingredient list is right available on our social media pages. So you can buy it all ahead of time and then cook with him. Yeah, cooking along is key with this one. Yeah, and repurposing ramen, right? I mean, because everybody bought ramen when we were panic shopping. (laughs) I have two cases. I just want you to know that. You're not alone. There are two cases of ramen in my house, so I'm excited for this. Okay. So that's Thursday, 6 p.m. on Facebook. Is that right, Leah? It is. It is. Yep. Okay. And people, okay. Can, people can donate to you uh, to Open Arms, too, if they go to their website, and we'll post a link for that as well. We are, and we're doing something really fun that everybody who, who donates between that event on the 30th and May 8th, we're putting in a sweepstakes, and you can win a super fun limo date night package where a limo will drive you around packed with yummy drinks and pick up some food, and you can have a date that way. Yum. This is a good idea. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Th- thanks, Leah. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you very much, you guys. Have a good day. Have a good one. Bye. All right. That's going to be exciting. I hope you guys tune into that because I think it's going to be fun to cook along with Yeah, Yes. And super fun. I might try to like, you know, do some, I'm not going to try to cook with him, but I'm, we're going to chat it up and I'm definitely going to uh, see if we can make it at home later. So, um, Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about the farmer's market and what you guys can expect from that. Because I, I, you know, the Minneapolis farmer's market is officially opening today. And I know that this is an early time of the season anyway, and so it's usually sparsely populated. You know, there's plants and herbs and things like that. But they have, uh, they are officially open and they have taken some measures to make sure that it's a safe shopping experience. So I thought we should talk about what to expect. Tell me what it's going to look like. So first of all, you know, I'm talking, I'm speaking of the Lindale Avenue, you know, market with under the sheds down uh, in Minneapolis. And, you know, what they normally have is people on both sides of those platforms. Mm-hmm. And so this now that they are restricting it to only one side of the platform. OK, so you won't ever go all down and go back and forth and back and forth right now. You'll it's just, just go down one row, one side. And they've separated everybody. So they'll be more sparsely populated. Um and they have yellow arrows apparently painted on the ground to show a directional flow. So it's going to be one way, you know, as you go. Yep. Instead of like trying to fight a battle both ways. Um, the other thing is you will notice that they have put the vendors themselves will either have tables 
in front of them or a barrier, maybe, you know, some sort of a plastic shield or Mm -hmm. something so that they can they can do the distancing. So you'll still be able to look and see like you might see lettuces and herbs and you could say, I can I get that one and you can point to the thing and then they will pick it up and they will bag it for you and then put it forward and then you can grab it. But you're not going to be like picking up food and looking at it anymore. Is it cash transactions? It's it is they're they're encouraging, uh, you know, to do to do credit cards, I think, to swipe, uh, which I, I you know, I'm, I've heard people feeling both ways That's about kinda it. That's kind of hard in that setting, I would think. I know, especially with like a couple bucks here or there, yeah. you know, so I think they're going to figure that out, I think. But they do. I mean, I think you can. I think there's no. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't just know. come with lots of single. If bills. you come with a lot of singles, you're going to be fine. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, there is a cash machine on site. There always has been. Um, but there's that. Anybody who is prepared foods, you know, the people who if you're thinking, oh, I want to go get I'm so excited to go get my tollips and brat. They still can be preparing things, but they do have to package it to go for you. So they're going to like wrap it up and go because they don't want to encourage people sitting and and eating and drinking. What about samples? No samples. Ooh, that's going to be a hard one for everyone. I know, especially with some of those people who are like, that's how you introduce people to your product. So I think for now, they'll just, there's no samples allowed. So So let's just take a chance, take a chance on some local makers and buy the stuff. If you don't like it, you can always give it to someone else. Right. And I would say that keeping, uh, keeping them safe also by wearing a mask is uh, a generous thing. Yeah. Let's just, should we have a moment on that? Yeah. You guys. You can wear masks. It's okay. It's okay. I know that the government initially told you that you shouldn't, but they've changed their mind. And frankly, they were wrong all along. Whether you're wearing a mask to protect yourself or whether you're wearing a mask to protect others, it is okay, advisable to wear a mask. Go to the grocery store wearing a mask. Go to the liquor store wearing a mask. It's all right. Don't feel like, and we're we're not saying you have, we're not trying to shame you into it. No. We're just saying that if you're feeling weird about it, it's it's really okay to do it. And and I, if I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, our potential mean, for transmission is a lot lower yeah. for everybody. And it doesn't mean, I know someone was like, well, but then people will think I'm sick. And I'm like, but it doesn't matter. And like, you have to, can't worry about what everybody else is thinking. And you it's not only- in our culture to normally be like this. This isn't, it feels foreign to us. It feels weird, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I'm still shocked at the amount of you that are not wearing masks. And if you can't find them, that's one thing. But they people are making them. They are around, even if it's a paper mask, even if it's a bandana, which isn't awesome, but it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. If I'm wearing my mask and you have your bandana on, we're still creating Cutting some down potentials. That's right. And so uh, and would, the more of us that are going to start moving around, mm-hmm. masks are going to become even more important. I mean, like I said, I, I always said when I was in Japan in 2015, very common. Everybody. Yep. Nobody even blinked. And there was a point where I kind of forgot about it at the end of it. And if you're young and healthy. Yeah. Because a lot of young people are like, oh, I'm fine. You're wearing a mask because you don't want to infect someone else. Because mm-hmm. until we have enough testing, you don't know. Yeah. So... Everybody, please put your masks on. And I think specifically for growers, you know, for people who are out there trying to keep our food system intact, for me, I think of it as a gift of keeping them as safe. I don't know if I'm carrying. So I'm going to wear my mask in order so that I don't infect a grower who is out there trying to grow food for, you know, And everyone's just doing the best they can. So if this is a small thing we can do, why wouldn't you? It's no big deal. So Farmer's Markets, I'm going to go take a pop over there today, you guys, and just see. And uh, so you can check out my uh, feed to see how that goes. Um, uh, the Nicollet Mall Farmer's Market is not going to open for the foreseeable future. They're going to take, they're going to kind of see how it goes. But there's not a lot of people downtown right now for work 
you know, things. And yeah. so they're going to take a pause on that. I do know that the Mill City Farmer's Market is scheduled to open May 2nd. Same idea. Things are going to be spread out. Uh, they're going to not encourage you to sit and hang out and eat. There'll be no samples. Um, and St. Paul Farmer's Market, I think, is rolling right now. So, um, and they have been doing, I think they just transitioned from their winter market right out. So I think they're, and they are still doing pre-orders and pickups. So that is also important. If you do want to go support your farmer's market and your makers, but you don't want to be out in the mix, then you can pre-order most places and the vendors, and then you just drive up and they'll put it in your bag, in your car. All so, right. There you I go. love it. There you go, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the locals we love. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. It's been fun. We had a good, we had a good, definitely typical Weekly Dish show. (laughs) We can go like, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Oh, my God. The Weekly Dish. I did get a text from a friend of mine. She said, good job on the mask rant. Keep it up. I know. I know. We rant. We rant. Um, I don't know what happened this week. I added like uh, 200 people to the Weekly Dish Instant Potters. So that just means to me that somebody somewhere had a broadcast about Instant Pot. I did something about Instant Pot. I'm trying to think of what it was. I don't know what it was. Maybe there was a rebroadcast of a Jason show or something like that. Oh, yeah. There probably was. was. Okay. Because we got got 125 in like a hot second. And I was like, something's up. And then, uh, and then, so that was kind of funny. But again, you know, the Weekly Dish Instant Potters, it's a Facebook group. We are six, God, who even knows? Like we're 9,000 No, it's 10,000. Is it? Yeah. I made risotto in my Instant Pot last night and I thought of you. Oh, good. And then I stirred in my scallion pesto that you were sure wasn't going to be good but it was delicious did i say that <laughs> you i did. might have to re-up on that one it's we'll okay. have to check it uh, i just good. can't put cheese and onions in that way in my mind and it i think that's delicious. the problem um so. i'm not doubting it i'm not doubting it um also i would say that i had a friend who was like should i should i i'm like yes buy an instant pot it's worth it oh that i mean <laughs> fine if you're like trying to save your pennies maybe it's not your first purchase but you can like call i don't know if goodwill's doing curbside pickup but they always have instant Pots. They're close. Okay. They're close. So, and there's like special deals. Like literally, I bought a pair of Dr. Scholl sandals today that I'll probably never wear this season and maybe they'll be out of fashion next season. <laughs> but by the time I get done applying all the coupons, it was like twelve dollars for this nice pair of sandals. I know. There's a lot of shopping to be had, which I'm sure that the shop girls coming up next will talk about. Yes. Harmony's back in the house. Uh okay, what are we talking about? Okay, Locals I'm gonna tell love. you this is the segment where we talk about local people doing cool things that we like. So um a friend of mine who I interviewed for Makers of Minnesota is Folly Coffee. And Rob is a great guy. He has this coffee company. And what he is doing is he is running and donating for every bag of coffee that you buy. So we'll put a link up. But basically, he's running like a kilometer for every bag of coffee that's bought. Okay. And he's not a runner. He's a 240-pound tall Nordic man. Wow. He's fit. Yeah. But he is not a runner. So let me just translate this for you. So for every bag you buy, he's going to give a dollar to a local food charity, and then he's going to run. If if we all collectively buy 46 bags of coffee, he has to run the equivalent of a marathon. That's a lot. 
It is a lot. So I'm like, I don't know if he knows what he's getting into here. Because yeah. as someone who's just started running again, yeah. I'm up to four miles and it feels Herculean whenever I finish. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Every every weekend I come to the road different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, today's going to be a great run. Today is not going to be a great run. And when you, because I walk some, I do run walking programs. When yeah. you walk during a run, like you don't care, do you? No. Yeah, it's just like the idea of like getting out there and doing your best. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, there's times where I hit a hill and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I went so slow this week running up a hill. I felt like I was going in slow motion. Oh, really? And I was laughing at myself. Like, wow, if anyone looking at me would really probably be wondering, am I fast walking? And I was all hunched over. You know, just keep your feet going. Yeah. Um, so I'd like okay. all of you to go online. This Folly Coffee is great coffee. It's a bean coffee. It's a third wave roaster. And Rob's a great guy. He is a local Minnesota maker. So go ahead, buy some coffee, and hopefully he'll run 26 miles. I mean, why not? Um, I got to shout out to the Get Knit Events kids because they are doing another online uh, virtual scavenger hunt. Stay-at-home scavenger hunt. I think I heard some friends who did this last time they did it, and it is a gas. And I think it's just fun. And so this is next week, next Saturday. And so you can register your groups right now. And of course, it's for free. Um, and you basically, you register your group and then you guys all get together on like a Zoom. And then you, there's like a hundred plus tasks you can do, like finding things in your house and making an infomercial about them or, you know, and then you submit that. And so then you're earning all these points while you're doing these scavenger hunt things. And then there's a winner. And I think it's just kind of a fun alternate thing to do. We've been having um, family zooms at five o'clock every saturday and we've played bingo once where some my stepmom sent out the bingo cards to everybody via text yep um we did i did easter trivia where i had dollar bills and other toys in the eggs so once you got your trivia question right you got to pick your egg from my basket oh yeah and then i mailed out that money last week we've had some kind of just fun that's really fun. But we start out by going around and like, how are you? Like one of my sister-in-law is a trauma nurse. My brother is a banker. So he's processing all these loans. And yes. my daughter's distance learning at college. My niece, Sadie, is working with the uh, elderly population. My dad is COPD and yep. is very immune compromised. And so we just go through and it's really just interesting. Everybody's point of view from all over the country. Yeah. They're in South Carolina. My brother's in South Carolina, which is basically opening up for business. And his wife's a trauma nurse. And she's like, oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, okay. So anyway, just fun things to do. Yeah, seriously. Good stuff. Um, I think I had one other thing. Makers of Medical Worker Shields. Oh, yeah. So there is a group that is making 3D medical shields for like masks Mm -hmm. and they don't have a place to donate them. So I wanted to give a shout out. If you could use some plastic shields for your company, um, you can find these people at uh, makers for medical workers on Instagram and you could message them. They can make, they've made a thousand of these shields and they want to give them to hospitals or any organizations that need them. Maybe you're a restaurateur, maybe you're a farmer's market person and you want this, whatever. Oh, that's a great idea. They're free and they just want to get them out into the public. So makers for medical workers is the Instagram handle. Would you wear a shield over a mask? I mean, like, not over it. I'm saying, would you choose, if you had a choice, would you choose a shield over wearing a mask? I say yes, but only because I've never worn a shield and I probably don't know. 
I wonder. I'm just. Because masks I'm, are hard to. I mean, the wearing of masks. I don't say that lightly. It's not pleasant. No. And like, you, you, you have glasses to and reading it's things and you in and out on your face. You can't and, see. I know. Uh, but I am taking it seriously and doing my part. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shields. Okay. I don't know. I was just trying to think if I would wear a shield. I think I would prefer a shield because then I could see things I can better. totally see a visor. Yeah. Stephanie, like a cute pink yeah. sparkly visor yeah, with a face shield I'm on in. it. I'm 100% in. Yeah. I, gotta, I can see I you that. sporting that all summer. Yeah. And then you have to like lift it to drink. That's weird too. Like, <laughs> I gotta get my No, drink. you have a straw. Oh, you have a straw. Maybe there could be even like a straw. Like a, a straw, straw hole. hole. <laughs> but that would be not a very shield worthy <laughs> I love that like, it has to be something you can drink in. Listen. What does that listen, say about us It has become humans? my 100% <laughs> world now. And that's fine. I I did hot sauces and shots last night. Like, that was where I am. I'm just, Justin Sutherland is like, he basically was like, you know what? This could be a restaurant concept. <laughs> like, like eating hot sauce and doing a shot after it. I'm like, this could be a menu section you could do on a your flight. bar. Hot sauce. I think so. Yeah, that is it a good idea. It actually works. It's a very cool thing. Because you're getting that cool, like, spiciness and the purity of the hot sauce. And then immediately with the liquor behind it, I loved it. It was really good. Is he doing uh, pizzas now at the Fitz? Yes. Let's talk about Fitz that. has just launched uh, their takeout and Grey Duck, too. So Grey Duck is doing, if you're looking for tater tot hot dish or hot beef commercial sandwiches, Grey Duck is your, is your killer spot for that. And then the Fitz is doing sandwiches and deep dish pizza right now. Okay. So, and they're building what looks to be a pretty epic patio outside there. Assuming there is interesting things afoot. All right. Let's just leave it at that. Assuming we can ever get outside and gather again. I feel like it's going to oh, happen. Let's hope, friends. Let's do it. Let's also, have prayer hands. A quick shout out to everybody who is not bored. Okay? Quick shout out to everybody who's working really hard and not bored. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. Love it for <laughs> love all you. of you out there. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao.